Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Timberwolves get a breather on their road trip today and tomorrow. Right back at it against the Mavericks in Dallas. Will Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic suit up together on Monday night against the Timberwolves? We'll certainly find out. We're pleased to be joined by the longtime radio voice of the Timberwolves, Alan Horton. Alan, good to visit with you. It's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Steve. CVT, it's always good to talk to you, my man. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, I like that trade. And with, as more time passes, I, I like the addition of Mike Conley. Now, granted, it, it didn't pan out in the game against the Memphis Grizzlies last night, but this seems to be a good fit for the club. I think so. I think the biggest difference, um, you know, between Russell and Conley is the fact that you know, at the at the crux of it, at the heart of it, um, D'Lo is a score first point guard, and and Mike Conley is more of a pass first point guard. And I think, um, I think with the weapons the Timberwolves have offensively, and if you get Carl Anthony Towns back, or when you get him back, um, y- 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 I think I think the um, I think that pass first mentality <clears throat> mentality of a point guard is what you need. And um, so I think it was an interesting it was an interesting trade. I think it had to be made. Stephen, for for this reason, I think plays a big part of it too. It's not just about uh, these final twenty five games or whatever it is, twenty three games, uh, only nine of which are at home, so a ton on the road. But it's not just about this season. It's if if you make the decision not to re-sign D'Angelo Russell, you can't just let him walk at the end of the year for for nothing. His his salary slot is important because the Timberwolves are in a position as a team where they're where they're an over the cap team. You don't really have to understand it. I don't claim to understand the salary cap extremely well. But his $31 million salary, you just don't get that to play with next year. You don't have $31 million next year if D'Lo walks to go find another point guard or to use that 31 to acquire two or three different players with that money. Um, That money disappears. And so now you go into next year with no starting point guard and no real way to acquire one. Um, you'd have to make a trade, and that means you're taking you, you're taking one of your other pieces away, and now you're behind in that piece. Um, so this bit, trade made a lot of sense because it, it kicks the can down the road. Now you've got Mike Conley, who you know is a is a good starting point guard in this league. Yes, it's not ideal that he's 35 years of age and and maybe not the player he was a couple of years ago, but he's still a serviceable, more than serviceable point guard. I don't mean to downgrade him at all. But you've all, you've got that secured for next year, um, and you, you would have had this huge drop off in talent level. I mean, D'Lo has his pluses and minuses. 
Um, you could argue that till the cows come home, but if you if you lose someone of his talent level, you just don't replace it. You can't replace it. You had to do something to kind of um, secure your point guard spot for the following season, and they did that. And they did that with probably the best option out there um, that they could acquire in a, in a steady hand, a veteran presence, a guy who knows what he's doing, especially at the end of games. Um, you know, there are a lot of plus, positives about about um, about Mike Conley. Yeah, and you brought up the age as being one of one of the criticisms. There, there are some positives. I've always liked him as a player. And you retweeted something. I was in for Henry on Thursday night uh, when when all of the the trade stuff was swirling and this monster trade deadline in the NBA and all these huge deals, Kevin Durant to Phoenix, etc. But about Mike Conley, he's never had a technical in his career. <laughs> And, and that alone is astonishing. Yeah, it is. I, I, I think that does speak to his um, his demeanor on the floor, too. And sure. if, if you heard, uh, we interviewed him uh, before last night's game yes. against the Memphis Grizzlies. And, it, you know, just in a, a three- or four-minute conversation, you can clearly hear that this guy is very intelligent, very well-spoken, knows how to handle himself. Um, he's a father of three. He's married. He, you know, he's, he's just – he's got he, – he's just – He's just experienced, you know, in in not only in basketball but in life, and I think that translates to the court and the fact that that he doesn't have any technicals. He does have one slight blemish, though, Steve. He does have two flagrant fouls, um, but those have both come this year. And uh, probably back in the day, maybe five, ten years ago, a flagrant foul would have would have implied more. But I think um, I think you and I can pick up flagrant fouls these days. It, it, it seems to be very loose with that call. It doesn't quite mean what it used to mean. So let's not. We won't hold that against uh, against Mike Conley. And do you make a lot of this part of it that what he could bring for still a really young player in in the Anthony Edwards and and what Ant means to the Timberwolves' future that that sure. Mike Conley's influence there could could be an intangible and a big positive. No doubt, no doubt. Um, the more experienced and veteran type of leaders you can get on a team with with some younger superstars, that's that's always a plus. Um, and I think not only with the way he plays, he's going to move the basketball. Uh, it's it. You saw it a little bit last night, but I was really encouraged by that. I guess that first five or six minute stint, and in, in a forty eight minute game, I realized that's not a long period of time, and it really went south after that. But um, it, it was really encouraged early. I thought Rudy played a little more engaged. I thought the ball moved. I thought Mike Conley was able to find him a couple of times. Uh, there was one play in particular where Mike just kind of zipped it inside and Rudy had sealed off his man inside. He made the catch and Rudy had three defenders on him and then he was able to kick out. And I think it was uh, Kyle Anderson who knocked down a three. And that, you know, I, I don't recall seeing that this year where I think Mike knows, and I asked him before the game about, you know, specifically in the pick and roll, but I think, I think overall, he said it did take about a half a year for, for, for him to kind of, he and Rudy to get on the same page. And, and Rudy's a very unique player, and it does take time for that to come together. Um, but I think you've got a foot in the, already ahead of things with, with, with Mike coming in and having that history for the last three years with Rudy. But I, I, think, I think it's that ball movement that's going to benefit Ant, and I think Jaden McDaniels too, because Jaden doesn't really create on his own. He thrives off of ball movement, off of cuts. Um, everybody gets moving. That benefits Jaden McDaniels, puts him on the move, becomes very difficult to defend. That's that's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on to see how much he's benefited um, from, you know, because D'Lo scored more. Mike Conley doesn't score as much. There are five more shots a game available. Who's going to take them? Probably Anthony Edwards, and hopefully Jaden McDaniels is another guy 
that's going to get uh, going to get increased shots. And then you bring that leadership um, into the locker room. And with Ant being right next to Mike Conley, at least on the road, uh, it, their lockers right next to each other. I think there's there's a great um, hope that 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 he can influence Ant in all the right ways in the locker room. Alan Horton joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Timberwolves back at it in Big D against the Mavericks on Monday night. Tip-off show at 7 with Cal Allen with all the play-by-play after 7.30. And, of course, before and after the game, Henry Lake returns here on News Talk E3OWCCO. Speaking of ants, some good news. A video at Timberwolves.com was cool. After shoot-around, uh, Chris Finch made the announcement and uh, – uh, the players were very happy for Ant getting that call hmm. to the All-Star game. Yeah, it was neat. You don't see Chris Finch get a call during a shoot-around very often. With PR <laughs> uh, People pulled him over, and it was Tim Conley on the phone. So Tim Conley uh, relayed to Chris Finch that Ant had become an All-Star. And then at the end of shoot-around, uh, as they gather up, as they normally do, uh, Chris Finch uh, you know, said, hey, we've, you know, we acquired an All-Star in Mike Conley, but we got a second All-Star now. And I, I, he did not mention – that Carl Anthony Towns has been an all-star and Rudy Gobert has been an all-star, but uh, and it, that confused Ant a little bit. But he meant that uh, the NBA, the league called and Ant's an all-star, and so the the team really responded well. It was a fun moment, um, and I think we all thought it was in play. I, I just think he gets rewarded for not only his spectacular play, but he was obviously uh, upset that he didn't get the nod when the reserves were announced. But he handled it the right way, Steve, and, and eventually those things work out, and we've seen that. I've said this that it worked out with Kevin Love. It worked out with um, with Carl, uh, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns. It's it, oftentimes you have to go through this this sort of ritual or or, or um, you know going through getting snubbed once before you break through. And then once you break through, guess what? You're there every single year because that's what happened with Paul George. Um, and we played a guy last night, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who I still think look, he's a he's All Star level player. So is Paul George, but. They missed thirty three percent of their games. That's that's yep. a tremendous number. I, I just think that that has to play a major factor in what you're talking about, especially when you're comparing two guys that have roughly the same numbers, like Paul George and Anthony Edwards. Uh, Ants played in every single game. Paul George has been out for whatever the reason, whether it's rest or injury or injury maintenance or whatever you want to, you know, whatever whatever it's been. You haven't been available, and I think that should hurt players. I I just don't. I I, I think that uh, I think that should be a criteria that's factored in more. And, Alan, you know, the the Timberwolves have been able to hang in there and stay in the mix in the NBA's Western Conference. D'Angelo Russell is a part of it, but Anthony Edwards has certainly been a big key to that. Yo, no, no doubt. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, um, he, his numbers have gone up, and I think, Steve, that he's just, you can see, it sometimes doesn't even show up in the box score, but I just think he's learned the nuances of the game. Um, you know, when to make certain decisions, when, when to kind of get players involved, when to try to make something happen yourself, recognizing the moments in the game and what is called for stuff that doesn't always show up in the box score. Um, I have to become better and better at that. And that's, that comes with a leader. I mean, that's being the leader of the team and having the ball in his hands more. He's, he's handled that responsibility well. So his his path has just been one of improvement for three straight years. It's just it's really if you were to graph it on a chart, it would just be this straight line diagonal going upwards. It's been um, it's been really tremendous. Um, and and whatever little hiccups there have been along the way, and there've been a few. You know, you look to the playoffs last year, and uh, you know, gambling on that uh, steal that he didn't get against John Morant in Game Five, and Morant hits the layup, and and, and the Timberwolves basically lose the series. Um, those things 
if you if you're a great player, those things fuel you fuel you in the future and make you a better player. And I think um, you know we saw that a little with Jaden McDaniels this year. He missed a big clutch time three that would have won the game against Utah. But then he comes back a couple of games later and he knocks down two of the biggest shots late in the fourth quarter to give the Timberwolves a win. Um, so I, I think there are a couple of players on the squad when you're young. You have to kind of go through those moments. And it's kind of like what Ant went through to get to the All-Star game. You have to kind of get through the rejection first before you get through to the success. Um, and, I, and I think Ant's just been absolutely tremendous. And uh, one final thought on Ant. The NBA All-Star game needs kids like this that play the game oh. with great joy and enthusiasm. It'll be a shot in the arm for that event. It will be. There's no doubt. I mean, once the, once the whole world gets a taste of Ant, they're just going to be – you're fascinated by them and just watching him and shoot around yesterday when he's meeting with the about six of us there afterwards talking about getting to the all-star game. I mean, his face was just ear to ear smile. He was just, you you, you could see it was oozing happiness out of him. And when he's got that kind of look and that glow, you're just like, I'm so happy for this guy. He's just, he's just awesome. And he's just this physical specimen. He plays the game at such a high level and you're, you see the hard work that he puts in. And, um, yeah, you just couldn't be happier for him. And that's why his teammates reacted the way he did. He's been a great teammate. All his guys love him, and they couldn't be happier for his, for his success. All right, Kat, um, there, there's still no timetable for his return, and we're running out of games here in the regular season, and that that is a big one for this team and postseason hopes if, if the Timberwolves are able to get into the postseason, whether it's in the play-in tournament or ultimately get into the top six. Nevertheless, Cat's return is huge. It is. It is. They need him, um, and it's going to be a little bit of adjustment when he does come back to work him back in and, and, and kind of go through, hopefully on a much smaller scale, that what the Timberwolves went through to start the season, how kind of up and down it was. Um, some good nights, some bad nights, some nights where everything looked good, other nights where the starting five just couldn't gel together. And um, so when he does come back, you're going to have some of that. But you're right, there's so few games left that uh, you can't afford to give him, you know, just kind of 10 or 15 game stretch where, you get, where you're trying to work it out. Because if you're trying to work it out, well, then uh, that may come at the cost of winning games, which you can't afford to do and still reach the postseason. So, um, you know, he's on the road trip. Cat has been on the road for the first time since he hurt the calf. He's been working out uh, pretty much on his own. He's not in team activities or anything like that. So it's it's a small step in the right direction. Um, hopefully over All-Star break, he gets more rest and more treatment, gets that thing to 100%. And, uh, you know, the last thing they want to do is bring, bring him back early um, and have a, a more major setback that would obviously end his season. Um, kind of like Jordan McLaughlin. They brought him back a little bit too soon. He missed five games with the cap or he injured it, and then he missed 30 games. That's uh, that's not the path you want to go down. So, um, you know, there is no timetable, but you certainly hope that this, just being on the road and being around his teammates um, and then doing a little more work and a little more and then being reacclimated into the team, uh, that this is the first step in the in the right direction. You, you sent out something earlier today that caught my eye, and, and you're always putting things out there where it's like, wow, that, that – that's a great number. No one in the NBA has played more games than the Timberwolves. They're going to get a break going into uh, the, the, this all-star shutdown. So a, a pretty light week. You got yeah. the Dallas game on Monday, and then the things get a little easier for the team. Yeah, so they have played 59. Last night was their 59th game. Yep. They and the Clippers have each played us 59 games. But, 
you know, when you're at home for a long time, all I can think about, well, that just means you're on the road more. When you're on the road a ton, it means, well, that just means home games are coming up. And when you're playing a lot of games, guess what? That means, you know, the other teams have to catch up and you're going to be having some more time uh, between games. And so after this busy stretch, uh, the Wolves right now are in a span where they play two games in six days. Uh, that's, that's a ton of time uh, going right to the All-Star break. Then you have the luck of having a home game outside of the first game back after the All-Star break. Sometimes that road game, if it's a road game, that means you have to cut your cut everything short. you got to fly to a city. A lot of guys just join the team there. It's a little disjointed. But having two home games on the front end and back end of All-Star break is ideal. Um, and today was, Steve, was, was their, just their third practice since Christmas. Now, they do shoot-arounds, they do walk-throughs, but those are kind of on game days. Um, those are lighter kind of workouts and just working up a little bit of a sweat. A practice is a true practice where you don't have a game that day. And so this is only the third time since Christmas they've been able to get that work in. And that, and that tells you how busy the schedule has been. They're just You have to balance uh, wanting to practice with giving guys rest so that they're in peak form when the games do come up. All right, Monday night in Dallas against the Mavericks. Will, will it be against Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic? I guess we don't I know. I think so. I think Luka's supposed to play tonight. Dallas is uh, playing another game in Sacramento tonight, and so we'll have a better idea later tonight. But I think Luka's going to make his return tonight against the Kings, and if then that goes well, if the heel comes out of it pretty good, then he'll then he'll obviously be available for Monday night. But the, the Dallas is coming off. There There is a thing in the NBA, and you've seen this through the years with the Wolves, when you go on a long road trip, that first home game after a long road trip um, is always tricky in this league. And the Wolves have the – not only do they get some rest between these two games against Dallas and Washington, but they also have the rest advantage against both those teams, which means they played more recently than the Wolves did. And that's a, that's a real thing um, when you have the rest advantage. They, you know, the Wolves flew after the game last night uh, from Memphis to Dallas, got to practice in here today. They'll got to practice in tomorrow. They'll get to shoot around on Monday. Uh, so they're really getting acclimated here to Dallas – and Dallas, I believe, probably won't fly out after the game. Uh, they'll probably fly home on Sunday and have to turn around and play Monday night. So that might be a real advantage, uh, whether whether Luca and Kyrie are both in the lineup or just one of them. Um, guess what? There's only one basketball. So, And hopefully they fight over who gets it. So <laughs> it's, sure. it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, good that the Timberwolves were able to get into the gym and uh, get uh, Mike Conley into the mix uh, with 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 his new team. Alan, always yeah. great. Uh, enjoy your work all season. It goes without saying Thanks, you do an outstanding job. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the listeners, and uh, we got we got a little ways to go. I don't think we're done yet. All right, there he is, Alan Horton, the voice of the Timberwolves. Next game, Monday night at Dallas. Tip-off show with Cal at 7, Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. Henry Lake before and after the game here on News Talk. E3OWC. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. CEO. Struggling wild back at it tonight. And for the Minnesota Wild, coming out of the All-Star break, it has been a very difficult stretch tonight to get the New Jersey Devils at home tonight. And it is imperative that they start getting points. They got blown out Thursday by the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1. to one. Uh, Once again, uh, the New Jersey Devils tonight in downtown St. Paul at 7 o'clock. But in a way... It is an important regular season game for the Wild, but uh, it's even more important uh, for the legend Bob Kurtz. And once again, a salute to Bob Kurtz. Once upon a time, Wild games were here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. And getting to know Bob uh, a little bit during that stretch and spending time at the X or visiting with him uh, on the air. A really good guy, but as a talent, as a play-by-play, and I always, and I said this earlier ahead of Jess Myers, you know, as a kid, I, I knew I didn't have the, the talent to to make it to the big time in sports, but I always wanted to be a play-by-play announcer. And I had some heroes as a kid, and and those particularly were Herb Carneal and Ray Christensen, who called the Twins and Gophers, respectively, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. So those, those were a couple of my idols. But it, it wasn't long after that that Bob Kurtz had started his play-by-play career here in the Twin Cities. He was doing Twins games on Channel 9, doing North Star games uh, way back in, in the day and then moved to the East Coast and, and did sports in Boston. But when he came back and was one of the first hires the Minnesota Wild and was ultimately doing wild games on the radio when they came into being and came into the NHL. And you'd listen to Bob night in and night out. You learn a lot about the craft from Bob Kurtz and the preparation that that went into the game and knowing the names and the numbers. But beyond that, doing play-by-play on the radio of hockey is the most difficult sport. You know, there's there's football and there's baseball and there's basketball, and they all have their different challenges. But to be able to paint a picture and see the hockey game in your mind's eye is extremely difficult. If you're doing it on television, the, the, the picture is worth a thousand words. But but a couple of the greats to work in this market on the radio side when it comes to hockey, Al Shaver and now Bob Kurtz, who's 
uh, moved on to retirement and, and once again will be honored tonight at the XL Energy Center. Just one of the best. Just a, an absolute artist when it comes to hockey play-by-play. So uh, congrats to Bob. What a career. 532. We'll take a break. We'll have an update on the weather momentarily. And then Doe Young Park will join us, covers the Twins for MLB.com. It is a very happy time. Pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. We'll talk Twins. He had a piece at MLB.com, kind of taking a look at what the 26th man will look like. Uh, we'll, we'll also delve into what was the sore spot for the Twins in 22. Will it be better in 23? And that is the bullpen. We'll get into all of that with Doe coming up here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Timberwolves, quiet weekend, and I was speculating about that, um, and I wasn't sure, were they going to stay in Memphis and then maybe fly out today, a leisurely trip, a relatively short trip over to Dallas-Fort Worth, but what they decided to do is get out of Memphis after the blowout loss, get into Big D, and then practice today and tomorrow. We learned that from Alan Horton and then uh, shoot around on Monday and then play the game Monday night. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving could be together in the lineup tonight at Sacramento, and then uh, once again could be in the lineup on Monday night as the Timberwolves wrap up uh, the road trip and then return to Target Center before they close out uh, the all-star break or the pre-all-star break portion of the season. And then... uh, Begin that stretch push to uh, solidify a playoff spot and then uh, hopefully get Carl Anthony Towns back uh, along the way. Also, uh, some other sports headlines. Uh, We talked a little bit about uh, the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, Got a late start. I'm not exactly sure if the leaders are going to be able to finish their round today. If they don't, and it, it gets dark in Scottsdale, uh, they, they could always wrap it up. Xander Shoffley has shot up the leaderboard three under in his round today. He's at 11 under par. Now tied with Scotty Scheffler, who's at 11 under par, one under on his round today. Tyrell Hatton's made a big move. Five under on his round today. He's at minus 10, along with Canadian Adam Hadwin. Uh, Sam Ryder at minus 9, Nick Taylor minus 9, Wyndham Clark minus 9, along with John Roms, Big John uh, lurks. Charlie Hoffman, the veteran, uh, Sam Burns, Jonathan Vegas, 8 under par, Sung J M 8 under par, uh, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, all at 8 under par. So there's a lot of names, a lot of big names within three of the lead. Should be a fun finish tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, the big day, uh, big game in Glendale, Arizona, tomorrow afternoon. Speaking of Arizona, that'll be the site of the Cactus League, Florida, site of the Grapefruit League, pitchers and catchers, set to report soon. And Doe Young Park joins us. He covers the Twins for MLB.com. And Doe, here we go, another season on the way, pitchers and catchers coming up quick. Yeah, it's in a lot of ways, feels like it hasn't been as long of an off season as those in years past, and I don't know why. I can I, I don't know that I can put a finger on why I feel that way. Uh, maybe the activity that the Twins have had this off season would have a little to do with that. But I think um, 
on our end, and I think on the Twins' end, too. This is uh, shaping up to be the first completely normal spring training since my first season in 2019, and I think we're all looking forward to that. Yeah, in, in just a, a return to normal, we should point out, though, uh, southwest Florida uh, went through a lot, a lot of damage, but uh, we've heard some of the spots. We, we, we've heard some of the, the, the promotion. Hey, it, it'll look different, but uh, we're ready to go and welcome visitors. And, and certainly the Grapefruit League, uh, a big part of, of the economy there in southwest Florida. Absolutely. And I would, uh, of course, it's going to be a process to get Fort Myers and Naples and uh, Port Charlotte and that southwest Florida community back to where it was before Hurricane Ian. But as kind of the twin staffers down in Florida were explaining to me recently, the tourism and the folks coming down for spring training, as you mentioned, Steve, is such a lifeblood that I just um, yep. encourage everybody to uh, get to back, get down to Fort Myers, support the Twins and the Red Sox, support the Fort Myers community, the Lee County community. Uh, twins have called that area home, and uh, they've been good to the Twins for a long, long time, and they've, they've been good to us for a long time. And um, people coming down and obviously being respectful, but also um, supporting their tourism industry, supporting their hospitality industry, that's going to be a big part of getting them back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you did a timeline uh, at MLB.com about twin spring training and uh, pitchers and catchers report on the 15th. That's coming up quickly. They work out on the 16th and then the the full squad just a little over a week from today. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think about. Um, I report to Florida on Monday um, and I think um, <laughs> there's some guys that are already down there. I was talking to Bailey over at Twin Fest. He's already a uh, he, he's, he's the kind of guy that gets down there super, super early to start his work. A lot of the guys um, live down in, Fort, in the Fort Myers area as well, so they're already down there. Um, and things are going to ramp up quickly. I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Twins handle different ramp-ups and that sort of thing with the World Baseball Classic happening in the middle of spring training and all that. But um, really, this year, no shortened spring training for COVID, uh, no summer camp, no lockout that's going to affect ramp-up. It's a just full, normal, month-and-a-half spring training for the vast majority of the non-WBC guys. And I think, um, again, that'll be a welcome return to normalcy for a lot of folks. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the WBC because this is something that, that the players that um, make the teams, it's really important to them. This is an important event for, for these players to be able to represent their countries. Yeah, it's been six years, and um, I think especially this year, I mean, first of all, it's it's so good for just marketing of the game and for drumming up excitement and just kind of and, – and, and just the thrill – of that championship caliber environment was so much on the line for a lot of these guys. Um, it's, it's, it's just one of those exciting events and they've got so much star power um, before in, in this game than, uh, than they have before in uh, WBC's past. And I think that's also something where you got like the Mike Trout's and Clayton Kershaw's and Shohei Otani's and Vlad Jr.'s of the yeah. world and Juan Soto's of the world coming through. That's going to be a big deal. That's going to make, that's going to be a really, really big spectacle. Yeah, and Shohei Otani and his future uh, will, will be a, a topic uh, the, the way it looks all season long. Uh, where, where, wherever he stops in the big leagues, that, that will, will certainly be a question that, that, that he will be asked. Where, where will he end up? Because he's, he's such a unique talent. Yeah, you think, uh, you think there are a lot of big deals this offseason with, the, right. with the big names out there? I mean... Uh, Oh, I mean, I, I've heard people around the industry just kind of, uh, sh- but I don't think shuddering is the right word, but there's just so much intrigue 
as to the deal that uh, Otani is eventually going to command when he hits the open market. That's just good. There's no precedent for that sort of thing. And I think when the time comes, the baseball world is just kind of going to have to watch together and see how this thing comes out. Um, you did a piece uh, on on the Twins, and uh, it's a simple headline: Who makes the cut for the Twins' 2023 opening day roster? And they go into this spring training with, with a lot of stability and a lot of decisions already made. Yeah, that's the thing. As I was putting together that story, and I know I've talked to a couple of my colleagues on the beat about this as well. Uh, that we've gone into off seasons past just looking at the pitching staff and being like, do they have enough warm bodies to get get through 162 games? And uh, there were some like crazy decisions to be made in some past, but not not this year. I mean, as I was putting things together, it seemed to pretty neatly slot together with the kind of roster that they have right now. I don't know that there's going to be all that much in terms of position battles or guys on the bubble trying to make the roster, that sort of thing, just because, they have a combination of veterans who are secure in their roster spots. They've got young guys who are secure in their roster spots who have been productive big leaguers. And beyond that, I don't know that there's honestly much to be settled as long as everybody stays healthy. I think the couple things that I look at on the pitching side in particular are um, can the starting rotation stay healthy? And if they all do, uh, would the Twins want to run a six-man rotation or a five-man rotation? Because I know that, is, uh, that has come up as kind of a topic of conversation. Um, in the recent past, I think the Twins are planning for a five-man, but I think sound open to the idea of a six-man if it comes to that and everybody's healthy and in a good place. And um, I'm also curious as to like what happens, I guess, with the last one or two spots out of the bullpen, where they've, in theory, got the eight guys that I named uh, in that article on MLB.com uh, ready to go. They've got MLB experience, they've got success, they've got stuff but maybe they're going to try to uh, convert one of their young starters to a bullpen role or uh, see what they got or carry a length guy. So I think that those are really the only questions I have, like personnel-wise, as we enter, obviously assuming health, which as we know with this Twins roster is no sure thing. Yeah, and really another one is, and this has been speculated for much of the offseason, is is the future of Max Kepler. And there there could always be uh, a deal or or multiple deals in how – Kepler fits into the equation because they, they they seem to have outfield depth and and a lot of guys that that can play the outfield and play the outfield well. It seems increasingly so that they're just that's an area that they're just going to consider a strength and lean into. Um, I know like Kepler has been a been a name that's been speculated on, and sure. God knows I've been a part of that for many years now. Uh, but at the same time, when you look at what they've got, they've got a uh, They've got Max Kepler, they've got Michael A. Taylor, they've got Byron Buxton, they got Joey Gallo. Uh, four deep, that might be the best four deep defensive outfield just in the big leagues in recent memory, period. And I think that's something where they got flyball guys on the roster like uh, Joe Ryan and uh, Tyler Malley and Bailey Ober. And uh, that's going to be a big deal for those guys. That's going to be a big deal. It's going to help them for sure. And I think that's an area of strength. Uh, there's some hope that Kepler could be one of those candidates that would bounce back from the limitations of the shift. So I think um, a lot of kind of the discourse around that is being overstated a little bit as to how much that'll impact left-handed hitters. Um, but I think there is certainly some improvement to be had there. Um, and it's just kind of getting to the point where teams are setting their rosters, teams have figured out what they want to make of 2023. I think if it comes to like trade deadline season, Kepler is the exact kind of guy that would make sense for um, that would make sense for maybe like a contender to contender swap or just like would be on the radar for a lot of those, a lot of those teams. 
And as far as uh, the outfield depth that the Twins have, I know Trevor Larnick has dealt with some injury stuff. Alex Kirilov has dealt with the injury stuff, and the risk is going to be a question going in. I don't think they would say no to the extra depth in the outfield at this point now with uh, where the roster's at, especially just how, given how much of a how much of a problem point the outfield has been over the last two years. And final thought here before we let you go, Doan. We certainly do appreciate the time. Doe Young Park uh, covers the Twins for MLB.com and is joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Do you think we're going to have a more traditional approach to the use of the bullpen, and and particularly Duran, that that he'll be the closer or, or, or the guy they use in the ninth inning with the lead? As for the Duran question specifically, I think the answer there is no when you're talking about quote-unquote traditional. Um, I think uh, the whether whether fans out there agree with it or not, um, the Dur- Joan Duran is the guy they want facing the opponent's best hitters late in a close situation, whether that's in the ninth inning or in the eighth inning um, or somewhere uh-huh. in between. That's where they're going to go. I do think we'll see starters pitch a little deeper into the games. I know that was a concern point and. That was something that we got flamed over a lot on Twitter, and I know people have kind of raked Rocco and his staff over the coals, but uh, this is not a pitching staff that has, like, Jay Happ or Matt Shoemaker or Dylan Bundy anymore. You know, like, these are these are established veteran guys that know how to work their way through lineups. Uh, we had some weird game situations that were tighter than the Twins would have liked that kind of forced their hand in some places last year. But I do think if you're talking about, quote-unquote, more traditional I think the starter usage is something that'll uh, probably ramp a little more toward uh, what people are used to seeing as we get into the regular season. So uh, here we go. Great time of year. Safe travels to Florida. And hopefully we can visit again soon. I always enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, one of my favorite parts of spring training is catching up with you from like a random parking lot in like Bradenton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, pretty nice day here. I mean, you, you're, you're going to get a good send-off weather-wise with near 40 tomorrow, 40 again on Monday, and then down to Florida. This is a, this is a great way to gear up for the nightest weather in Florida. Yeah, nice send-off, but I'll be uh, stuck yeah. indoors all day cooking for the Super Bowl potluck and watching the game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you have a Do you have a prediction tomorrow, Kansas City or Philly? Uh, I, I'm going Kansas City on this one. All right, I think, uh, go uh, with I think, the MVP uh, and even, Mahomes. Even, yeah, even with the even with the health issues, I think Pat Mahomes is the uh, best player on the field there. All right. Well, I, I, enjoy the day, and once again, a safe trip to Florida. Yeah. Thanks again. I'll catch uh, I'll catch up with you then. All right, there he is, Doe Young Park, covering the Twins for MLB.com. And it's got a good piece. It breaks down the lineup and uh, some of the things he sees going into spring training. Once again, pitchers and catchers later in the week in the first full squad week uh, workout one week from tomorrow. And, of course, we'll have selected spring training games here on the radio. And then all 162 of the regular season, Corey Provost, Dan Gladden, and company, Chris Atterbury, before and after the games. Of course, Chris handles play-by-play on selected games as well, and then hopefully postseason here on the radio home of the Twins. News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Oh, it's great to visit with Doe Young Park. Uh, does a tremendous job on the beat uh, and, and a great guy and always has great insight uh, on the ball club. And as the Twins get ready, pitchers and catchers to report to spring training, I, I think there is optimism, and, and rightfully so. 
and though it touched on it and does bring it up in his piece at MLB.com, and I think it's it's worth remembering, um, when healthy, and there are a lot of spots when you when you look at at this roster, you know Alex Kirilov and what it would mean for for the club for him to realize his potential and be able to stay healthy, you know by all accounts. Sweet swing, tremendous bat, uh, has fought the wrist injuries, finally had a big surgery, and the thought is is that you know if he can settle in and if he's over that chronic wrist problem, could be tremendous. But that is a question mark going into the season. Uh, around the infield, uh, Jorge Polanco had an injury, has generally been very reliable, but Polanco's been... Uh, really nice over at second base. And then, of course, at short, uh, you know, Carlos Correa really wasn't aware of it. And it, it didn't seem to come up much in his first year as a twin. But then when he left uh, the, the twins and, and pursued the deal with the Giants and then ultimately with the Mets and came back, now it, it's definitely going to be in the back one's mind, Carlos Correa's ankle. Now, the Twins weren't concerned, signed him to the six-year deal. Uh, my, my point being is that, you know, there, there's, there's a couple of big spots in the infield, and then it goes without saying in the outfield and Byron Buxton. And I still get back to that being a gigantic X factor. When, when Byron Buxton is in the lineup and contributing, the club is better and the statistics show that. And even if he's not playing a ton of games in center field and Michael A. Taylor is playing uh, an equal number of games in center field and you have Byron Buxton DHing, you know, having his bat, having him in the lineup for the Twins is going to be a benefit. And uh, Josh Wheeler is our producer. You know, I, I look at, once again, for another season, how many games are you going to get out of Byron Buxton as being a huge deal? Yeah, it's a, it's a big question going around, and I've kind of been oh, waiting sure. myself on how many times, how many games we are going to get out of him this year, and uh, obviously injuries being a factor in his career. It's it's kind of one of those things where you, you can kind of count on one hand how many more chances you get at you know get at this before we kind of decide to move on from the Byron Buxton era because we I think not just this past year but the year before that we thought we were kind of maybe on to finally getting over that hump. And unfortunately it, it did strike nonetheless. It was on a good yeah. trend. And then it just decided to just really downslide fast. And, you know, it's just a matter of, all right, July, got to July. Okay, cool. August. All right. We got to like it. We we're just counting the months. We're not even like worried about like April, May. We're worried about like, once we get into the thick of it, come all-star break, what can we expect out of this guy? Because obviously he's a, He's a ticking time bomb. You don't know when he's going to go off. Yeah, and when 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 healthy is such a spectacular yeah. performer that to me it looks like they have starting pitching depth. It looks like they have some bullpen depth. Looks like they have some things figured out. But you, you think about in particular Kirilov and Buxton. I'm not as worried about Carlos Correa. I brought it up because it, it it became a huge story with the Giants and Mets contract. But but in reality, for me, Kirilov and Buxton and their health in 2023, 
because I, I, I think if they're able to limit the time loss to injury, can can definitely overtake Cleveland and and win this division. I, I'm not all that impressed. Time will what tell. What Chicago did during the offseason. Time will tell. Yeah, and we get started. Pitchers and catchers report. A uh, ton of spring training. And don't forget, Jason DeRage shall be doing the afternoon show, Drive Time with DeRage, for a week from Florida in March. It'll be good stuff. And, of course, selected spring training games here on the radio. Big thanks to Josh Wheeler and all our guests. I'm Steve Thompson. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.